I know you're waiting for something magical to come out here, and so am I. <laughs> That's the whole thing. You know, sometimes I, I literally open my mouth not knowing what's going to come out. I'll just start there and see where we go. But you know what? I see a microphone in front of me. It's like honey. You know, I see this thing. Oh, let's just go attack it. I'm like a bear going after honey when I see the microphone. It's just what a bear. You know, bears put up with a lot of stings to get that honey. It's kind of like sales. You put up with a lot. I'm not calling you a bear, my listeners right here, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like sales. I mean, think of that. You just get, there, there's no real knockout punches that hit you in the day. I mean, someone says, no, eh, you know, you, it's a glancing blow, but it's a lot of little stings and pinches and needles. And some of them catch you in the eye and that hurts worse. But most of them are just little annoying things. But the honey is so good. When I'm saying the honey, I don't necessarily mean making the sale and the money that comes with it. It's the win. It's little things of winning. It feels so good. It's like licking your fingers. Can you hear that? I'm licking my fingers of honey that's on there just dripping. It's just so good. You know, you're willing to put up with that gub. It's just so you can have a little honey for crying out loud. By the way, I love honey in my tea. That's my thing. I'm a big honey guy in the tea. Now, that's not what I was going to talk about, but I got caught up on that thing. But what if you go to the, you know, to the hive there? The bear goes to the hive because he knows that there's honey in there. And if there's nothing there, it's just a waste of time. The quickest way to lose, it's one thing to put up with pain. But it's another thing to put up with pain if there's nothing there at the end that you could possibly get. And that was a situation that happened with somebody that we were, were trying to do business with our consulting practice at Sales Arbiter. Uh, we're going to see a, a bunch of clients and everybody has different problems, but this particular client had a problem with his last three salespeople, three years in a row, not one of them produced anything. And he put up with it. So the first year, the guy produced nothing. What they did is they, they revamp uh, hotels and motels, big multi-million dollar deals. And so, sure, they take some time, but nothing. The guy got nothing. And so the first year, he hired another guy. The other guy, nothing. And in the third year, he hired another guy, nothing. Finally, what happened with the last guy was so terrible. He says, I need some help. So we called sales arbiter, called the deeds. We said, what's going on here? What's happening? And he told us a story about his last salesperson. And we kind of knew from there exactly what was going on. And it probably goes on with many people like you in the sales world right now, too. And that is, you're kind of chicken about qualifying people. And you don't get that kind of upfront idea of where the honey is or if it's even there. And you spend a lot of money going after it. In this particular case, they found a lead of someone who wanted to redo their hotel. And it was a pretty big hotel. And so, it was out in Colorado, so they worked out the whole logistics of the thing, and they flew out a couple guys. Uh, one of them was a gal, and then they went there. The project manager was there. The salesperson was there. They wined and dined the guy sitting there and talking about the hotel and what they were doing, what his plans were. And about halfway through dinner, someone asked a question, and then they realized this guy didn't even own the place. This guy was thinking about buying the hotel and he wanted some idea of how much it would cost 
to revamp it and to build it up. But he didn't even own it. He didn't even have a letter of intent on it. The deal never happened. Not only did that salesperson feel like a fool, not only did he waste thousands of dollars from the company, but he got fired. Well-deserved getting fired. Qualifying or disqualifying your prospect on the front end is not just something you do because it's good for sales. It's good to save your career. You play around with enough people that don't have the three things that you need for someone to become a customer. I mean, you're not long for that job. There's only three things that you need to know, whether or not they have a need or desire or a want. That's actually one thing, a want. Let's just call it a want. Whether they are the decision maker, and we could talk about how you want to ask that question. And the third thing is whether or not they have money. This guy was none of the three. I mean, if just one of those three is not there, you got to roll, you got to get out of there. But this guy had none of the three. And I don't, I don't necessarily blame the salesperson. After three or four or five months of not making a sale, you kind of start forcing it. And you start, kind of start wedging somebody into a position of a prospect when they're really not. Here's the tip of the day. Be ruthless with prospects. Enough with the qualifying. It's time to start disqualifying. And you don't disqualify them because they're bad people. You disqualify them because you value their time. I mean, there's many things you can get back. You can get back your money. You can get back your houses. You can get back family members that you've been me. You can get back just about everything. Baby, you can't get your time back. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. Growing up, my mom did, wanted us to stop watching TV. She says, listen, you can watch all the TV you want. It's $20 an hour. You know how much TV I watch? Zero. What if every time you were talking to a non-honey-filled hive, you had to pay $20 an hour? Knowing full well that they don't have the money and they'll never do business with you, but you want to feel like you're busy and you want to feel like you're doing something. And so you go to that hive again and you dig in knowing full well there's nothing there. What if that costs you money? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Why don't you put a jar and every time you visit somebody that's not a customer, you know, pop down 20 bucks for someone else. You can't keep it for yourself. But these are little games you have to play with yourself. That's what's so cool about sales. You get to play games all day long with yourself. And it's, there's nothing, there's no greater feeling there's nothing better for your, for your confidence and for your morale to have to say to someone, listen, I really appreciate you seeing me, but I just don't think there's a fit because we have a product that costs more than you have right now. And so what do you think we should do? You put it on them. So what should we do? And they said, well, uh, can you come down your price? He said, no, I can't come down my price. What should we do? Well, can you... Uh, can you do it in installments? You know, maybe we can do installments. But nothing gives you more power and more courage just by letting them know. Not every customer is for you. Not every hive has honey. But the more you can get rid of the ones that don't, the more that the ones that have it will be attracted to you. Gosh, that, that's a really valuable lesson today. And I hope you take it and I hope you use it. Disqualify. Don't qualify. 
And every one of you, I want you all to know that every single one of you is qualified to listen to tomorrow's podcast, tomorrow's Daily Dose, because I know what you're thinking. How could it get any better? But it actually does because you're getting better. And only awesome people can appreciate the Deej. You're the best. I'm the Deej. I want you to go out there and kill it today because you deserve it. <laughs>